Hey listeners, welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza, with Grace Oham. Today's episode is World News on Abuse. As reported by Patrick Jackson for BBC News, Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years of a sex trafficking. Ghislaine Maxwell, 60, was convicted in December of recruiting and trafficking four teenage girls for sexual abuse by Epstein, her then-boyfriend. One of her accusers said outside the court in New York that she should stay in prison for the rest of her life. Epstein killed himself in the Manhattan jail cell in 2019, whilst awaiting his own sex trafficking trial. Ghislaine worked with Epstein to select young victims who were vulnerable and played a pivotal role in facilitating sexual abuse. He said the case called for a very significant sentence and that she wanted to send an unmistakable message that such crimes will be punished. This was said by Judge Allison Jane Nathan. As, as well as jail time, the judge imposed a fine of $750,000 equivalent to £610,000. Maxwell's, whose lawyers had argued for a term of less than five years, looked straight ahead and showed no emotion as the sentence was passed in front of a packed public gallery. Earlier, Ghislaine said she empathized with the victims, adding that she hoped her prison sentence would allow the victims peace and finality. Maxwell, who had been in custody since her arrest in July 2020, held mostly at Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center. This case against the former British socialite has been one of the highest profiles since the emergence of the Hash Me Too movement, which encouraged women to speak out about sexual abuse. Ghislaine addressed the victims directly, saying, I'm sorry for the pain you have experienced. She said she hoped they would now look forward and not back. She called Epstein a manipulative cunning man who fooled all in his orbit. At the top of her statement, she said it was hard for her to address the pain and anguish. She said she wanted to acknowledge the suffering and that she empathized deeply with the victims. She said her association with Epstein was the greatest regret of her life. The judge head of sentencing said what was not expressed in Maxwell's statements was an expression of her responsibility. The victims were emotional as they spoke about the pain and anguish Maxwell caused them. Those lawyers had tried to portray their client as a positive influence on other inmates in jail, offering to teach them yoga and help them learn English. This particular case has been one of the most high-profile convictions of a woman for enabling a sex trafficking ring. And most importantly, is a major victory for the more than 100 accusers who fought for more than a decade to have Epstein and his co-conspirators face criminal charges. Ghislaine had been found guilty of grooming and trafficking girls as young as 14 years old for sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Prosecution's opening statement to the jury began with 11 words that sounded like the start of a child's book. I quote, I want to tell you about a young girl named Jane. But for these women, this was no fairy tale. It was a nightmare and it was very real. How real became apparent the following day when Jane took the stand. She testified that Jocelyn Maxwell and 
Jeffrey Epstein approached her when she was 14 years old at a summer art camp in 1994. The next two years, she said she was abused about every other week with Maxwell, sometimes taking part. This was one of her key exchanges with prosecutors. Other accusers would later recount similar experiences. Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted on five counts, conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, conspiracy to transport minors with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, transportation of a minor with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking, sex trafficking of minors. Ghislaine and Epstein had famous friends. These connections proved to be no insulation from justice and the conviction is a significant moment for people who are often found at the other end of the social ladder. This guilty verdict is immensely meaningful to sexual abuse victims everywhere, said Lisa Bloom, an attorney for eight of Epstein's victims. No matter who you are, no matter what kinds of circles you travel in, no matter how much money you have, no matter how many years have passed since the sexual abuse, justice is still possible. Independent newspapers, Delta Airlines passenger 51, accused of groping a girl on plane, reported by Joanna Chisholm. A 51-year-old man traveling on a Delta Airlines flight between Los Angeles and Orlando was accused of allegedly groping a young girl, the Daily Beast first reported. This Air Marshal wrote in the signed criminal affidavit with the United States District Court for the Middle District of Florida that Brian Patrick Durning, 51, was arrested on Friday by federal agents after his overnight flight from California landed at the Orlando International Airport early in the morning. In the affidavit signed on 24th of June 2022, Tony Helico, a senior inspector with the U.S. Marshal Service, explained how he was called to the Central Florida Airport alongside with a fellow federal air marshal after receiving a call from Orlando police about an incident on board Delta Flight 2954. He writes that he was advised that a girl who is throughout the report referred to as MV, meaning minor victim, was allegedly molested by this 51-year-old during the overnight flight while her mother sat a few rolls away. MV is older than 12 years old and younger than 16 years old, the David stated. The girl described how the man sitting in the aisle seat to her left, Mr. Durning, had ordered a drink before he began to cough and sneeze on her. After that, he allegedly touched minor victim's hair and neck, at which point the child tried to lean away from the older passenger's advances that David stated. He also reached over with his right hand to touch her inner left thigh, moving her thigh towards him. He called her honey boo. He then started to move his hand up her left inner thigh towards her groin area. He allegedly pushed his finger into her vagina over her clothing. The minor victim told the federal agent that she froze as a result of Mr. Durning's alleged conduct. To minor victims' right, referred to in the report as SJ, told the air marshal in an interview that she had fallen asleep at the beginning of the flight and could not confirm minor victims' claims that Mr. Durning had coughed or sneezed on her. However, 
The woman said that when she awoke, she noticed the 51-year-old passenger quickly moved his right hand away from inside minor victim's thigh. At this point, SJ asked the girl if the man sitting to their left had touched her, which the child confirmed to the woman who noted in her interview with Mr. Helico that she then began shaking and crying. Offered to switch seats with the child and told Mr. Downing to stop talking to the child because you are scaring her. She also attempted to get the attention of the child's mother who was seated two rows ahead. In the midst of this, Mr. Downing then allegedly attempted to touch SJ's breast. When the mother who was unable to see the minor victim and another one of her children because of a scheduling difficulty with their reservations looked back at the row where the three were seated she says she saw her daughter mouth the words he touched me at this point the mother then approached the row where her young daughter was seated and confronted the 51 year old man and discovered that the zipper of the defendant's pants were unzipped flight attendant then reportedly reassigned mr Donning's seat so that he was no longer near minor victim the avidavid said Plane landed. Mr. Durning claimed to have had one or two beers before taking off in Los Angeles and then another glass of wine while aboard on the flight alongside an ambient pure. Durning stated that he fell asleep. He stated that the next thing he remembered was someone waking him up and asking him to switch seats. The Avidavid read. Mr. Durning has been charged with abusive sexual contact of a minor and committing a crime on an aircraft in flight. According to the conditions of his release, he is subjected to alcohol testing, must be home between 9 p.m. and 6.30 a.m., is restricted from having contact with minors unless a responsible adult is present, and is required to turn over his passport immediately and shall not obtain a new one or other travel documents pending his trial. Mr. Durning could not be reached by the independent for comments. Delta Airlines is cooperating with the investigation and condemns the alleged behavior that took place on flight 2954. Also in the U.S., a 10-year-old victim forced to travel for abortion care under extreme post-row restrictions. At least 10 states make no exceptions for pregnancies from rape or incest. Reported by Alex Woodwork, New York, USA. A 10-year-old rape victim on in Ohio, where abortions after six weeks of pregnancy are outlawed, who was forced to travel for care in Indiana, has underscored the dramatic far-reaching consequences of the end of constitutional protections for abortion care in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's landmark decision to strike down Roe v. Wade. Ohio is among 10 states, including Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Texas that do not provide any exceptions for abortions from pregnancies resulting from rape or incest under their state laws governing abortion care. Following the U.S. Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization on 24th of June, state-level restricted and triggers laws that previously were considered unconstitutional under the half-century rail ruling were enacted across the USA. State legislators across the U.S. are moving quickly to draft legislation to severely restrict or outlaw abortion access entirely without a constitutional right to an abortion protected by the Supreme Court. Even with narrow legal protections in place to access an abortion in the event of rape or incest, many patients will be required to produce a police report potentially rendering exceptions meaningless.
The Ohio legislator who sponsored a bill to ban nearly all abortions in the state said to end the pregnancy of the child is not going to erase those wounds or those scars and that a child conceived from rape or instance, he has the right to life. State Representative Jean Schmidt, a Cincinnati area Republican, referred to a hypothetical pregnancy involving a 13-year-old victim as an opportunity. She said House Bill 958 is likely to pass both chambers of the GOP-controlled legislature thus far. Legislation also will create a new misdemeanor crime of promoting abortion, targeting people who sell or distribute medication abortion, as well as companies that have announced that they will cover their employees' travel costs to states where abortion is legal. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, a rare anti-abortion democratic governor, signed a bill into law last month that allows abortion from the point of fertilization or implantation with no exception for rape or incest. The law was temporarily blocked under a court order. Christy Noem, who defended her state's law banning abortions in nearly all instances, including pregnancies from rape or incest, says what i would say is i don't believe a tragic situation should be perpetrated by another tragedy she told cnn on sunday and so there's more that we have got to do to make sure that we really are living a life that says every life is precious especially innocent lives that have been shattered like that of the 10 year old Mary Max, a week earlier, telling CBS Face the Nation that she never believed that having a tragedy or a tragic situation happen to someone is a reason to have another tragedy occur. 70% of Americans believe abortion should be legal if pregnancy is the result of rape. According to a May survey from the Pew Research Center, 66% of Americans are dissatisfied with their state's anti-abortion laws. News from India by Liam Buckler. June 27, 2022. Mirror on Apple News. A mom and daughter, six, were ganged raped in moving cars after accepting lift from a group of men. The mother and daughter were promised by a group of men they would drive them back safely from Piran Kaliya, which is a religious site for Muslims and Hindus, but were instead allegedly attacked and raped, according to the police. Police superintendent Prametra Doval confirmed the alleged driver, who was being identified only as Sonu, already had people who were thought to be his friends in the car when he offered to drive the mom and her daughter back home. The woman claimed to the police she didn't know how many people were in the car at that time, but the men attacked and raped the woman and her six-year-old in the moving vehicle. The group then dumped the victim near a canal as the mom went to find the nearest police station and reported the crime. The mom and daughter were taken to Ruki Civil Hospital for their injuries. Doctors confirmed the mom had been sexually assaulted, with the police confirming they are still investigating the assault with cops yet to locate the suspects. Then follows how a young teenage girl was reportedly gang-raped by police. The 13-year-old's dad claimed his daughter was raped over four days by a group of men who took her away on April 22nd. The 13-year-old's mother issued a missing persons complaint with the police the next day after it was alleged the four men raped her before dropping her off to the Pali police station Uttar Pradesh on April 26th. The missing girl's aunt went up to pick up the 13-year-old without telling the parents as the next day the aunt was asked to return the teenager to the police station to make an official statement to Pali station house officer 
Akhari Saroj was arrested after being caught on the run and later charged under the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences Act, POCSO, which has life sentences for convicted child rapists. The Sun Newspapers Reported by Oliver Burke, 27th of June 2022. A female tourist was allegedly repeatedly raped by two teens who broke into a hotel room in Mallorca, Spain while she slept. Two German nationals, said to be aged 17 and 18, have been arrested in the wake of the incident on the 21st of June 2022. The alleged victim, who is also believed to be German, had been staying at the Kala Rajada Hotel on the party island. She had been staying at the resort when the two teenagers allegedly sneaked into her room while she was sleeping. They then allegedly proceeded to rape her repeatedly and sexually assaulted her. She reported the incident to the Spanish Civil Guard the following morning accompanied by her family. The young woman was then taken to hospital where she was medically examined. The findings which had not been disclosed have since been handed over to the public prosecutor's office. The alleged victim claimed in her statement to authorities that one of the men raped her while the second sexually abused her. According to reports, she said she was unable to defend herself during the ordeal as she went into a state of shock and couldn't move. The two German tourists were arrested in the wake of a complaint. One of the defendants has been charged with rape while the other has been charged with sexual assault. The 17-year-old's case has been handed over to the juvenile prosecutor's office. The independent newspapers... Reported by Lizzie Dearden. An asylum seeker raped, shot and tortured was unlawfully detained in an immigration removal centre, cut hairs. This was deemed unlawful because of the lack of in-person legal advice. Cannot be named for legal reasons. It's bringing a legal challenge, arguing that she and all other women held at Derwentside Immigration Removal Centre, IRC, have been unlawfully detained. The facility in County Durham had replaced Yarlswood as the only all-female immigration removal centre in the UK and contains a mixture of foreign offenders, failed asylum seekers and other women awaiting deportation. South African woman known as SPM, who was detained between 24th of January to 25th of February, is bringing a legal challenge alongside Charity Women for Refugee Women. SPM claimed asylum shortly after traveling to the UK on a visitor's visa in February 2019, but was refused and had an appeal dismissed in November last year. Her lawyer said a judge bis disbelieved her claims of gender-based violence and domestic abuse, including gang rape and forced prostitution in South Africa. She was then detained unexpectedly during a routine appointment at an immigration reporting center on 24th of January and told that she would be deported to South Africa. Two days after arriving at the centre, she was trying to seek legal advice. The court heard that a phone number provided by the staff was not answered and they did not help her find a solicitor. She wrote to the Home Office herself, appealing for her to reconsider her case on 31st of January. Mr Goodman said, that a medical report conducted at the time by a doctor at the went side IRC found a number of significant scars consistent with her account of abuse before she fled to the UK. They included a gunshot wound, a long scar from being stabbed in the abdomen and joint deformity from the other violence. Goodman said the report concluded that she was likely to be a victim of domestic abuse and torture and suffered from suicidal thoughts and experienced symptoms of psychotic episodes. 
On 10th of February, she was referred into the National Referral Mechanism for identification as the victim of trafficking and has since been identified as a potential victim of modern slavery and released from immigration detention. The Goodman told the court, the Home Office acted ultraviolet beyond its legal powers in detaining the claimant and others because the power is subject to retaining the right to access to justice and the failure to retain that right results in the authority being taken from under the defendant's feet. The barrister said that the situation for the claimant and all other women in Dewentside IRC amounted to false imprisonment. The fundamental right of access to justice incorporates in some circumstances a right to access face-to-face -face legal advice, he added. In-person legal advice is regularly available at all other male-only immigration removal centers. The government's detention of women in circumstances in which they enjoy inferior access to justice is unfavorable treatment on grounds of sex and consequently is directly discriminatory and unlawful. The claimant is seeking a formal declaration that the government is detaining women unlawfully at Dewinside IRC and, and prohibits the census use under the current arrangements. They are also seeking damages over false imprisonment and breaches of human rights and equality laws for SPM. BBC News, reported by Joshua Nevitt, United Kingdom. A former deputy chief whip alleged to have groped two men in a private members club has been suspended as a conservative MP. Chris Pitcher will sit as an independent after he was reported to Parliament's behaviour watchdog. He quit his government job in a letter on Thursday saying that he had drunk far too much and embarrassed himself and other people. Prime Minister Boris Johnson was under pressure to suspend him from the party after senior Tory MPs and opposition parties said his position was untenable. Earlier, Downing Street has suggested that the Prime Minister considered the matter closed after Mr Pincher's resignation as Deputy Chief Whip. But on Friday afternoon, the action was taken after a formal complaint was lodged with the Independent Complaints and Grievance Scheme, ICGS. A spokesperson for the chief whip, Chris Hayton Harris, said that the Prime Minister agreed that Mr. Pincher should be suspended once the complaint had been made. A government source defended the delay in suspending Mr. Pincher, saying Number 10 had acted swiftly after the complaint. These MPs are examined by independent investigators who can make recommendations for further action. A spokesperson for the ICGS said it will not provide any information on any complaint for reasons of confidentiality. Witnesses told the BBC that Mr. Pincher was extremely drunk at the Carlton Club, the Conservative Party Members Club in St. James's, Central London, on Wednesday night. The BBC has been told that the Metropolitan Police has not received has not received any relating to an incident at the venue. The Sun newspaper first reported the resignation, saying he was drinking at the club when he was alleged to have assaulted two other male guests. Sun Tory MPs contacted the Conservative Whip's office to complain about his behaviour, the paper said. Nation letter, Mr Pincher wrote to the Prime Minister, stating... Last night, I drank far too much. He added, I think the right thing to do in the circumstances is for me to resign as Deputy Chief Whip. I owe it to you and the people I have caused upset to, to do this. Labour's Deputy Leader, Angela Rayner, said the Prime Minister had been dragged, kicking and screaming into taking any action at all against Mr Pincher. 
He just can't be trusted to do the right thing. This whole scandal is yet more evident of his appalling judgment, she said. Democrats chief whip, Wendy Chamberlain, said once again, the Prime Minister had to be forced into doing the right thing. He should never have taken Boris Johnson this long to act and withdraw the whip, she said. There can be no cover-ups or excuses if this investigation confirms these serious allegations. Chris Pincher will surely have to resign. Pressure on the Prime Minister to act mounted earlier. Two senior female Tory MPs said the party's recent approach to allegations of sexual misconduct posed a risk of serious reputational damage. Caroline Noakes and Karen Bradley, who both chair select committees, said anyone under the investigation for such allegations should not be allowed to represent the party and called for a new code of conduct for Tory MPs. Weeps are MPs who are in charge of party discipline and are tasked with ensuring colleagues on their side vote with a party line in Parliament and providing pastoral support. The Parliamentary Behaviour Watchdog investigating the complaint against Mr Pincher was set up in 2018 following a series of sexual misconduct allegations. It was designed to investigate complaints about inappropriate behavior such as bullying, harassment or sexual misconduct and its inquiries can result in sanctions for MPs. 30th of June 2022 reported by Jenny Proudfoot for Marie Claire UK. The family of Zara Alena called for urgent action to end violence against women. Zara Alena was murdered on Sunday, the 26th of June, 2022, while she was walking home in East London. The 35-year-old was found by members of the public with serious head injuries at approximately 2.45 a.m. She died later in the hospital. An opportunist strange attack took place 10 minutes before her home on Cranbrook Road, Ilford. 29-year-old Jordan McSweeney, charged with her murder, attempted rape and robbery. He has been remanded in custody and will appear at the Old Bailey on Wednesday, the 27th of July, 2022. Of Zara Alenor had released a heartbreaking tribute to the aspiring solicitor, calling for urgent action on street safety and an end to violence against women. Sadly, Zara is not the only one who has had her life taken at the hands of strangers. We all know women should be safe on our streets. She was in the heart of her community, 10 minutes from home. We all need to be talking about this tragedy. Others murdered by strangers were Biba Henry, Nicole Smallman, Sarah Everard, Sabina Nessa, Ashlyn Murphy and many more women. We must prevent and stop violence against women and girls. The loss is irreparable and the void feels insurmountable, but the warmth and kindness that community has shown is testament to the power of Zara's spirit. Her life has been stolen from us. She has been stolen from us all. Our thoughts are with Zara, Alena's loved ones. Sky News, Friday, 1st of July, 2022. Liz da Silva Neto, guilty of drugging and sexually assaulting two male victims. The man has been found guilty of sex attacks on two men who were spiked with a suspected date rape drug. One of the victims awoke and found himself naked with a defendant performing oral sex on him. A court heard. 
Another victim was a married man who had been on a night out with colleagues at a swanky London nightclub raffles before he was assaulted. The Silvanetto claimed all sexual interactions between him and the two men, who cannot be named for legal reasons, had been consensual. But following a trial at Oxford Crown Court, the 35-year-old was found guilty of administering a substance, two counts of administering a substance with intent, two counts of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent, one count of rape. Investigating officer Detective Inspector James Holden White said Louis that Silvanetto is a sexual predator and a very dangerous man. That Silvanetto used what presents as a well-practiced modus operandi, targeting men, administering a substance to incapacitate and overpower his chosen victim, and then engaging in sexual activity with them, knowing they are not in a position to consent. That Silvanetto deliberately targeted heterosexual men whom he believed would be especially unlikely to report the offences to police, but he was wrong. The first victim had gone to Da Silva Neto's house to carry out some work for him. He later gave the man a drink, and the man began to feel tired and went to sleep fully clothed but woke up naked. Victim described himself as being broken in two when he woke up the next morning. As the man left the property, he noticed what he described as a syringe on the side of the kitchen and became convinced he had been drugged to the court herd. A few days later, the man contacted Da Silva Neto to express his unhappiness at what had happened. The court heard that there was a suggestion by Da Silva Neto that he would pay him some money to resolve the situation and although the man was tempted, he did not take it. A month later, a second man was sexually assaulted after a night out with work colleagues at Raffles. He started his night drinking at a pub and having dinner before his party of four went to the nightclub, sitting at a VIP table with a minimum spend of £900. The last thing he remembered from being inside Raffles was his colleagues saying they may be going home, the court heard. The married man remembered feeling strange and kind of heavy and wavy and as if your lips are not working when he spoke to the dumb man at the club. He left the club and got into a car after failing to get a taxi. The victim's memory starts to fade at this point, and the prosecution's case was that Da Silva Neto took advantage of the man being drunk, giving him a substance that was possibly GHB. The barrister describes the drug as an aphrodisiac, which was euphoric and hallucinogenic effects, overwhelming sense of panic. Silva Neto and the second victim drove around London before ending up at the defendant's property in Middle Barton, the court heard. The hazy partial memory of a drink filled with the dark liquid being put to his mouth and not wanting to drink it. He then woke up naked in the property the next day and did not recognize the stranger at the door. He found he had messages from various people asking where he was. He recalled an overwhelming sense of panic and confusion before he bolted out of bed, scooped up his clothes and left. He returned to London in a £200 taxi ride and his wife took him to the hospital where tests showed he was negative for GBL and GHB. Two days later, on 12th of December, Da Silva Neto was arrested. Police searched the property and found bottles which contained traces of GBL. Wednesday, 29th of June, 2022, Sky News, reported by Gemma Peblo, as an entertainment reporter. 
R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison as survivors confront him over despicable abuse. R. Kelly, whose real name is Robert Sylvester Kelly, who spent three decades in jail after being convicted of raping and abusing minors using his high-profile status. He used his fame to sexually abuse young fans. The 55-year-old was found guilty of racketeering and trafficking following a high-profile trial in New York in September 2021, which came after years of accusations throughout his career. The court heard impact statements from seven women presented anonymously as Jane does, who said the singer had a godlike complex and used fame and power to entice his victims. Arkel was the Pied Piper of R&B, both in music and in the technique and in approach, a woman using the pseudonym Angela said, as she addressed him in the courtroom. Success and love, you presented these glittering germs as if they were gold. addition of a new victim, you grew in wickedness, cockiness, diminishing any form of humanity or self-awareness, which soon became the breeding ground for your godlike complex. You were doing, saying, and encouraging despicable things that no one should be doing. We reclaim our names from beneath the shadows of your afflicted trauma. Another woman told Kelly, you are an abuser. You are shameless. You are disgusting. All accusers and witnesses, men as well as women, had testified against the singer during his trial, with the court hearing how he subjected his victims to perverse and sadistic abuse when they were underage. Once one of the biggest music stars in the world, a three-time Grammy winner whose chart-topping hits include I Believe I Can Fly, Bump and Grind, and Ignition, the full horror of some of his crimes was finally laid bare. His lawyers called his accusers disgruntled groupies and saying they were lying, arguing that any relationships were consenting. However, the jury believed the survivors... Kelly was found guilty of all nine charges brought against him, one charge of racketeering and eight counts of violating a law which prohibits transporting people across state lines for prostitution. Multiple sordid allegations, jurors had testimony about a fraudulent marriage scheme hatched to protect Kelly after he feared he had impregnated R&B artist Aliyah in 1994 when she was just 15. Prosecutors had said before the sentencing hearing that he should spend more than 25 years in prison, saying he demonstrated a callous disregard for his victims and showed no remorse. Lawyers for Kelly argued that he deserved no more than 10 years, the mandatory minimum, saying his history as an abused child may have led to his adult hypersexuality and saying he no longer posed a risk to the public. They have said that he plans to appeal the verdict. R. Kelly is among the most prominent people convicted of sexual misconduct following the rise of the Hashmi Took movement. He's also facing a second trial in Chicago in August and will see additional convictions and prison time. In that case, he's accused of possessing child pornography and obstruction of justice. Justice only hears the truth. U.S. lawyer Brian Peace described the sentencing as a momentous outcome for all victims of R. Kelly and especially for the survivors who so bravely testified about the horrific and sadistic abuse they endured.
R. Kelly is a predator, and as a result of our prosecution, he will serve a significant jail sentence for his crimes, he said in a statement. He added that he hopes the sentencing serves as its own testimony, that it does not matter how powerful, rich or famous your abuser may be, or how small they make you feel, justice only hears the truth. Lizette Martinez, one of the accusers who spoke in court, told reporters after the hearing, I quote, I never thought that I would be here to see him be held accountable for the atrocious things that he did to children. What are your thoughts about the victims of this abuse? Do you think justice was served in most of this abuse news? Leave your comments on our website, risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. It's been your host, Grace Oha, for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. See you on our next episode. Remain positive and take care. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this show, kindly subscribe, comment, leave a review. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms rising above shadows of abuse at TikTok rising above shadows of abuse Twitter rising above abuse YouTube rising above shadows of abuse <laughs>